I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Guillermo Zavala. He is a veterinarian and poultry consultant for Avian Health International. Guillermo, always great to see you. Good to see you. I wanted to talk with you about a virus that we hear about, but we don't hear about very often, and that's chicken anemia virus. How common is it in, in poultry operations today? Uh, chicken anemia virus is a virus that is present in just about every single commercial poultry operation. Uh, we don't usually hear about it very much because for the most part industry um, has devised strategies to deal with it very effectively. But on occasion we do have problems. But to answer your question, it's a very, very common virus in the field. And when you say that we've developed strategies for dealing with it effectively, are you referring to vaccination? Specifically to vaccination. This is, uh, we're talking about a, a disease agent that is extremely uh, difficult to uh, reduce or eliminate through cleaning and disinfection. It's extremely hardy and I would say that is probably the virus uh, among the common viruses that affect the commercial poultry industry is the one that is the most resistant of all. So it's uh, non-realistic to think that by cleaning, disinfection and biosecurity you're going to really eliminate the problem. So the strategy has to be a combination of reducing the numbers or concentration of virus in the environment through cleaning disinfection, but relying very, very heavily on vaccination in uh, breeding stock. And typically, what would be a vaccination regimen in breeding stock? Typically, industry will vaccinate uh, at around 10 to 12 uh, weeks of age, single vaccination, uh, usually uh, given in the drinking water or by injection. Depends on the kind of vaccine that, that you're dealing with. Uh, when, you, when you're talking about breeding stock of higher value, grandparents, great-grandparents, etc., then uh, many, many operations will vaccinate even twice, say 12 and 18 weeks of age, along with other vaccines. And that ensures uh, better protection. Uh, it gives you a little bit of insurance. And when you talk about better protection, certainly for the, the, the breeding herd, but what about the progeny? Are they protected then as well? That is exactly the uh, purpose of vaccinating the breeding stock. By vaccinating, you hope to induce a significant amount of uh, antibodies in the breeding stock. That will be uh, transferred via the egg to the progeny. And your goal is specifically to protect the progeny for at least two weeks, in the first two weeks of life, which is when they're very susceptible to the clinical infection. And if you go beyond those two weeks without a significant infection because of the protection of the maternal antibodies, then you're pretty much out of the water. Uh, for the most part, you're not even going to notice when your birds actually get infected in the field. So it sounds like the overall the industry is doing a very good job of managing this disease, but uh, you indicated before the cameras went on that some operations may not uh, be having very good luck managing it. Could you talk about that a bit? Sure. There's different situations or circumstances when you might get into, into trouble with uh, chicken infectious anemia virus. One of them is uh, there are still some companies that choose not to vaccinate. Uh, chicken infectious anemia virus vaccines happen to be some of the most expensive vaccines in the market. And so what companies might decide to do um, is to test their birds. And if they do get exposed and they do produce antibodies detectable by commercial ELISA kids, then in that case, they might decide not to vaccinate because they think, well, they already got exposed they produced antibodies, then I don't have to vaccinate. But it's not a good strategy because 
what you're hoping to do with vaccination is to get everybody infected at the same time with the vaccine virus and to raise those titers of antibodies as high as possible and as uniformly as possible so that you feel comfortable that the next generation is going to be adequately pr protected. So it's basically when they don't vaccinate when you get into trouble. And when you say get into trouble, specifically what happens? Well, what will happen is that you're going to know about it pretty soon <laughs> if, you, if you messed up. And the typical scenario is going to be that anywhere between 7 and 14 days of age, if the uh, broiler progeny, for example, is not adequately protected or the commercial pullet, uh, they start expressing mortality that is higher than normal. You'll see um, unexplained hemorrhages. They start bleeding in the tips of the wings. Uh, because what happens with this virus is it, it affects specifically the bone marrow cells. Bone marrow cells that are responsible for producing red blood cells and therefore uh, bleeding can occur or anemia can occur. Therefore, hence the name chicken anemia virus. And more importantly, uh, there's a very key set of cells that is affected in the bone marrow which is the uh, uh, progenitor cells that will eventually produce uh, T-cell immunity. So I can give you three or four important examples of diseases that depend very heavily on T-cell immunity. One would be coccidiosis. Another one is infectious laryngotracheitis. Another one is uh, foulpox virus. And a number of other diseases that depend on T-cells. So if chicken anemia wipes out those bone marrow cells, then you have no way to defend yourself, no matter what, against those diseases. And therefore, CAV, or chicken infectious anemia, is very central for the protection of the entire immune system. I would think that it would be particularly important for operations that are uh, avoiding antibiotics and want to build a, a, a really sound, robust immune system for the flock that managing CAV would be extremely important. Well, you happen to hit the nail right right on. Uh, now more than ever, uh, we have at least 40% of industry producing with no antibiotics, and the rest of industry is producing with very few antibiotics anymore. Uh, and therefore, you have to do things uh, the best possible way and protect the immune system the best possible way. And there's only a handful of things, uh, of, of infectious diseases that we uh, should be very concerned about when it comes to immunosuppression. Chicken infectious anemia is one of them. The second one is marriage disease. And the third one is <clears throat> infectious bursal disease. And we do have very good tools uh, in the form of vaccines to prevent uh, clinical infection with those viruses. So uh, <clears throat> again, now more than ever, we should concentrate on protecting the immune system so that we can produce without aids that we use for many years, such as growth promoting antibiotics and things of that nature. And other than reducing or eliminating antibiotics, are there any other management practices or maybe types of production systems that might be more susceptible to anemia, chicken anemia virus problems than others? I'm gonna say something that goes a little bit, that's a little bit counterintuitive. When you clean and disinfect, you're hoping to reduce most pathogens so that you don't have to deal with them. Yeah. And that includes salmonella and many other things. So one of the main goals that the poultry industry has is to produce a safe product when it comes to food safety. And one of the ways that I always put this problem is 
the more you clean, trying to control salmonella, eliminate it from the environment, because I used to work for a breeding company, for example, and the more we tried to, to <clears throat> excuse me, to clean the uh, premises for salmonella, we succeeded in doing that. However, by doing that, we still have um, chicken infectious anemia present in the environment, and eventually the birds don't see almost any pathogens, and all of a sudden the only one that they see is the one that resisted everything else, and that happens to be chicken infectious anemia. So, in a way, it's a byproduct of our efforts to clean and disinfect, if you will. And therefore, we have to vaccinate, and that's a very good solution for it. And lastly, um, you talked a little bit about the ELISA kits and diagnostics. Uh, what are some things you need to keep in mind when diagnosing for this disease? Everything you do in this industry has to be measurable as much as you can. You have to measure your actions, the quality of your products, the quality of the things that your uh, personnel uh, do. And one of the things that you have to be able to measure is how good a job you did with the vaccination selection, with the vaccine selection and vaccine application. Uh, and one of the tools that we use for that is using ELISA kits that allow us to quantitate the antibodies that we induce by vaccinating birds uh, in the field. Uh, so therefore, it's a very good idea to test birds uh, a few weeks after you vaccinated them and make sure that you induce the immunity that you plan on in inducing. Sounds like a good plan. We've been talking to Guillermo Zavala. He is a poultry consultant and veterinarian for Avian Health International in Georgia. Thanks again for joining us today. Thank you.